little bit.
Next stanza begins something like this. Navigator and Camaro, he was eating. And 
putting bread in his rap trying to get us off the streets and make a way he was the big homie i had the coat lost it got the cig and kept the cig on me they seen the blunt smoke asked me if i had a cig on me but i don't smoke cigarettes this 22 years later a nigga still in the shit a lot of niggas dead or doing stretches in the pen and shit the instagramming from the can in the early 90s i see niggas come up from a gram to a bunch of keys in the 80s niggas will put you on like you can work for me get in my cds and streams let my words do the work for me my numbers ain't jay but this still a good paper flip make a bunch of paper stack and act like i ain't making shit so even when i take a hit i never really take a hit even when i take a hit i never really take a hit even when i take a hit i never really take a hit and i will send you a great sealed letter with a black scroll at the bottom I will play famous and you will smile. Now I see some orange roses. This is good. This is good. There's no shock for me in orange roses. Not today. If they ever stick out of my vest or cup, it will be the same. I see smoke out of my Time to quit. You know that I finished. Vocal trumpet of impact, the holy alarm of God's divine throne. I declare, use me as your speaker, your mouthpiece, your words of encouragement flowing through me with every breath that I need. I heave a torrential downpour, focusing on you. I hear you. I ask you. It takes two. I choose you loudly with your infinite design. Spiritual responsibility takes. Inner chambers of our blood dwellings, the ever burgeoning blossoms of primordial flowers, pass on from within the golden stalks of our fossil simplicity. This is the choice we make. We must choose to invite our Heavenly Father in a blank, a daily devotion to contribute to his voice, his music, his body, his love. We must choose to invite him in. We must choose to invite him in.
One drop to rain in your veins, light that remains, joy from the pain, help the shadows see the flame, be practical today, leave the past at bay, throw that crap away, doom for it to stay, dance and feel safeness, radical places, doom the future way, room your fate create, abolish all dismay, love shine not hate, hugs on the brain, burn one with age, rhymes are crazy, dimensional realities, lyrical personalities, exuberant philosophies, kicked into overdrive and stick when you're hella high, grip like the rubber tie. Lost after you did a bit. Age got an insane flow. Never come to stay. 
forefathers of humankind were blessed. Amen, amen. May you be blessed. Celebrate your name. Happy Father's Day.
Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Make some motherfucking noise right now. Woo! Welcome to this part of the show. Uh, my name is Mike, Mike Evans, and this is a show called 23 and Meh. Um, I forget what the, what the reference is, uh, Pam. 23 and Me is the dating. 23 and Me is the thing where you swab your face and find out what race you are. Oh, shit. Damn. Well, I picked a really great show to wear the I'm So White button on right now. I, uh, I doubt that I am actually white just because cops like to stop me all the time. 
People walk across the street when they see me. I don't know. I don't know why. I haven't showered in a couple months. That might be why. But I think it is a racial thing. Um, <laughs> so tonight on the show, we have a really dope lineup. We have uh, fucking Jaron George. We have Molly Shero and Ben Warren. It's going to be really dope. But for now, you're going to listen to my face talk for a second. Um, so I work at a middle school, which is kind of fun because everybody at a middle school is just as problematic as we all wish we could still be. Um, middle school kids and old-ass people in retirement homes all talk with absolutely no filter, and um, they're just mean, mean as shit. Um, I have little friends, though. I have a friend named Sarah who uh, I thought was a really cool person until she told me this really mean prank she pulled on a child named, uh, thing with a fake name, named Dan. Basically, in middle school, having a crush on a person is like the biggest fucking thing in your life. And uh, basically, Sarah knew that Dan liked her. Sarah told Dan, she was like, hey, Dan, do you like me? And Dan was like, yeah. And Sarah was like, hey, do you want to go out with me? Do you want to be boyfriend and girlfriend? And Dan was like, yeah, hell yeah. And Sarah was like, psych, you are an ugly bitch. I would never date you. <laughs> Which is, it's funny, but it's so horrible for Dan because I had to see him cry and shit. And um, yeah, and that's the first time I punched a little kid in the face. Punched Sarah right in the face. Um, if you're wondering why I do stand-up comedies, because I got fired as a teacher at a middle school. Um, you're punching a kid in the face. Apparently, you can't do that anymore. Not like the old days, right? That's what all old people say. Like, oh, back in my day, you know, I used to get punched by my slave master. I'm like, mom, you're not, you're not that old. You're not that old at all. 23 and me. I don't know. <laughs> trying to think where my lineage might go back to. Very curious. Thomas Jefferson is always like a maybe because, you know, he had sex with slaves and shit. Um, I feel like it'd be really cool to find out if I was Asian American. Be really happy. What's up, man? How you doing? Cracking. Good. Here's the 23andMe show. It's a very diverse audience of white people and uh, one black guy. Two of us. Both wearing green jackets. We knew <laughs> we, knew we had to color coordinate with the jean jackets and black vans. How we stand in solidarity when we're running away from angry mobs. Uh, the first time I figured out that I was black was uh, I was jacking off. And um, I always thought jacking off was like a weird, like rolling dice motion. But for me, it was like I was unclogging a toilet. Giant, giant penis joke. <laughs> More Johnny's penis jokes. Um, first time I got an erection, I passed out because it was just so long. It was just protruded, just, just about about this. You know, I was just knocking people over and shit. It was, it was really terrible for, it was a really bad Thanksgiving because that's the first time I had it. And my family was like, what's going on? Why are you flipping the table over? <laughs> because I'm black, Dad. You don't understand. I'm at that age now. Uh, oh, shit, Spencer. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Telling jokes. 
talking about my dad, feel free to walk in. Well, not free. Just feel, feel to walk in. Yep. <laughs> but I <laughs> should come in, man. Should come in, take a seat. All nice. Ten dollars. Tackle him. Tackle him now. No, kidding. <laughs> that is the bouncer with the nice thriller jacket on. It's pretty fucking awesome. But anyway, my dad. Um, he's. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, knock knock. <laughs> Not my father. Um, <laughs> nah, he's a cool guy. He's. Um, first time I caught him watching porn was uh was in seventh grade. Uh, he tried to play it off though. I was like, "Hey, Dad, you know what are you looking at at three in the morning?" There was just women in bikinis just all lined up in this website. He was looking at. He was like, "Oh, Mike, you know, just the way these girls are dressed. I, I, I just would never want anyone to dress like that. Like that's really what you're fucking thinking right now. At two in the morning, is judging." Reassessing your morals and shit. Yeah. Like father, like son. Father, like son. I do watch a lot of porn. I watch a lot. Uh, it's weird to say I watch a lot of incest porn because. Because they're actors, you know, what I mean, they're, they're actors like, you know, they're not actually related to each other. Right. I mean, that's. That's the fun. End. I just, pr you know, put it on mute. I hate, you know, when porn stars are fucking and then they, they get way too under the character, right? You know what I'm saying? They keep saying shit like, oh, we're going to be grounded for this. I'm like, no, stop. Stop saying that. It's not true. I don't want to come at that weird part. Really don't. I got to fix the Wi-Fi in my house. I keep coming when it's on, like, pause. And it's like, it's still, you know, uh, busting a nut is busting a nut. But you, you always want to, like, gear it towards something. Right? How much time do I have left as a host before I just keep <laughs> grilling myself? Oh. Great. Cool. Right. Um, porn again. Porn. 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 Oh, porn. I feel like I spend too much time looking for the video than like when I actually like watching the video. I don't know if that's a problem anybody else has. No. Exactly. But then, uh, when, but you, when you've watched damn near every video, it's kind of like fuck. Like you're just searching for a very long time. Like I get to the point where I'm like I'm like tab 23 on the Google search thing, which at that point it's like unrelated. There's like other shit. Like guess what? Aziz and Sorry wore yesterday. It's like ah, oh, I guess I'll check off to this. Tab 23. <laughs> Weird. When I looked up my own name <laughs> on uh, on Pornhub, I was just curious. Never know. Could have been somebody in my closet with a camera. Shit. Luckily, it didn't pop up. Other people have the name Mike Evans. It's a very common name. The, the football player actually did pop up. They, like, photoshopped his head on another person fucking somebody else. And I was like, that's how famous I want to be. That even if I don't make a sex date, people are like, I want to see his face fuck this grandmother. You know what I mean? Just letting it all out. I'm going to end with this. I don't know where I started, but uh, I don't know. I feel like fucking old women would be really a lot of fun. Like, like old, old, like just like why are you on the bus old? Like who let you 
out the house a little bit. <laughs> you know, because I, I just feel like the, their throats are, like, elastic. Like, you don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, you, you don't know where, like, the vagina begins and the neck ends. Just f- it's, it's all folds that are all equally as wet. <laughs> just all the way down. That's where I want to be. I'm tired of these awful blowjobs where I can feel throat. I just want to feel Play-Doh. I want to feel mush. I want to feel warm oatmeal. I'm sorry I've never met you before. I'm making complete eye contact. This is great. <laughs> this is really great. Um, yeah, 23 and me, 23 and me, old people, porn, throat. Um, I don't think I should have pets. Never had a pet before, never had a dog, which really pains me a lot. I, I'm the type of person to see other people's dogs and freak out. Like, oh, I can't touch your dog. And then, it's not even a joke, it's just how I feel about dogs. Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> we have about 45 seconds until your first comedian comes to the stage. Everybody, I would like you to take a big, deep breath and go, and then breathe out. One more time, breathe out. And that's enough time to kill that 45 seconds. So your first comedian coming to the stage is a person I think I've met before, but I'm not completely sure. Hopefully they're funny. Everybody give it up for Jaron George. Oh, shit. Surprise, motherfucker, yeah. Black to black. What are the odds? What were the odds? With that name, you didn't even know, right? Yeah, you didn't even know. Yeah, you don't even know. Yeah, man. We we had so much in common. Well, first, uh, these are green. They're olive green. We had the black shit. No, no, this is cool. It's cool. Delighting. I understand. Um, and uh, the dad, um, the dad joke. I was just like, "Oh man, yeah, both." Of and then you start talking about your dad, like you see them around. I was like, "Oh damn it, we don't have everything." Could have shared some. Yeah, you're like the second. There's another black comic in Portland, and he has like positive dad jokes. And I was like, "We could have shared something too." And I came down here. And oh man, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Oh man, I'm having flashbacks here. I miss being in uh, San Francisco. I wasn't. I wasn't 23, but um, you know, I was. I was young, and I felt you know I needed to be here because you know the weed. I I mentioned this the whole festival. Yes, I um, love the weed here and uh, the East Coast. Like we had to smoke it in the basement. You know, like like no daylight. Uh, but like the West Coast, I remember smoking in the Golden Gate Park. I mean, the cops were like smiling at you, just walking by. It was great. But like in the East Coast, because uh, I'm from New York, um, when my friend has weed, we had to go to a secret place. And I'm talking about his grandmother's place in New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey. That's the only place <laughs> we could have smoked weed because he felt like it was safe. So he gathers around in the living room and goes, hey guys, get the weed. We got some marijuana, okay? No, we can't smoke here. My, my grandmother's sleeping upstairs. And we had to go to the bathroom. All five of us had to squeeze into the bathroom. Yeah, right, yeah. You know, this is, yeah, it reminds me back in college days. We're like, yeah, we're going to the bathroom. And then he's like, all right, it's safe. And then he takes out a list, a list of jobs for us to do. He has like a checklist of things for us to do. So he's just like, all right, Chris. And um, so, we, so we don't get caught. So th- he's telling uh, my friend, like, hey, Chris, 
Turn on the hot and cold water in the bathtub and in the sink, okay? Make sure it's running, okay? Dennis, lock the windows, okay? Make sure it's closed. I don't know why we had to lock the windows in the first place. I really don't know why, but he was just like, um, oh, and hey, and, and Derek, I need you to put a towel under the door, okay? But before we put a towel under the door, Jaren, I need you to go outside in the living room, go down the hallway, make a left, go upstairs, the first door on the right, check on my grandmother, make sure she's okay. Make sure there's water by her bedside. Um, if she's shivering, put like a second layer. Report back to us, please. You guys, I live in Portland now. I smoked with the male, um, the male guy uh, a couple days ago. It was great. I, this is what I live for. I, I don't want to go back. I'm, I'm going back in April, and I, I, I just want to make sure weed is um, accessible. A bar got closed down because they smelled weed <laughs> in upstate New York. They were like, I, we smell, shut down the music. Stop, DJ, stop. Everyone. Where's the weed smell? Um, who's, who's smoking the weed? And everyone's just like, no one was saying anything. Like, we're not putting on the music. We're going to stop the flow of our, um, our flow of our profits. They find out who's smoking weed. Who's this weed, man? Just down there. Just random. Down. Oh, I ordered a burrito. I forgot. I got to get my burrito. <laughs> Fuck. I, I, you did not hear me say it. I, you were out there. I was just like, tell him it was the black, the black guy with the cheetah collar. He ordered the burrito. Just tell him. Just confirm it's me. Like, who would say that? You know, just say, tell him. Okay. It was my second burrito for coming back here. That's what I want to talk about. Hey, this is a nice crowd, you know. Um, maybe because I'm a little bit high, but like, uh, when I see a good crowd, I always like pretend I want to pull off a heist. You know, like. Um, you know, like Ocean's Eleven. I just want to pick like the people. If I if I was to make like a almost identical movie, I would. Let's see, let's see. Yeah, Ben, uh, I want you to be like the getaway driver. All right, like you're the tough guy, getaway driver. You were in the Marines and everything. Yeah, man, right on. Okay, you're my hacker. All right, the hat. Yeah, you're just like low key. Found you in a coffee shop. You were like hacking casinos. I was like, what do you want to pull? Big crimes. Okay. For the government, you know. Hell yeah, baby! Yo, clap for this miracle just now, man. Fuck yes. Oh damn! This San Francisco burrito. Yeah. Yeah, they had to put a plate to support it. Shit. All right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you get a part. All right, man. Like, um, you're like the um. Oh, I already said hacker. Damn. Oh damn, this is hard pick, right? No, no, no. I'm gonna keep you as the hacker. Okay, all right. This is the f um, yeah. You're the stylist guy. You got the you got the jacket. You know how to dress. Make sure like we're hitting the clubs undercover. You know what us first to wear. Like, I would get it. Yeah, yeah. You got that part. All right. I I can't feel like all the jobs, but you would be the only black dude in my my. Yeah, you know this. We need to relate. You know, I gotta have. Yeah. This is a true story. I had like a lot of my black friends asked to be in my crew, and I was I I swear I I was I told them I was like. Hey, I can't have too many, <laughs> you know, like, because, like, if it goes well, listen, if it goes well, I want to go straight to movie theaters, not straight to BET, you know, I just say, I can say it, okay. Um, oh, no. um, oh, yeah, you said you used to work with kids, um, I've been called, uh, Mr. G at this elementary school, and, um, I didn't, um, yeah, I, I wanted to. 
but I, I couldn't work with middle school kids because they would just pick me up like, uh, excuse me, just move me out of the way. Like detention. Oh, okay, no detention. Yeah, but um, kids are nosy. Uh, because uh, I remember tying this uh, first grade uh, t uh his uh shoes. His name was Ethan. I never met an adult named Ethan, by the way. Right? Anyone? I never. Okay. So I was tying his shoes, right? And like after I tied his shoes, he was like, "Oh man, thank you, Mr. G." And I was like, "You're welcome, buddy." And he was like, "Oh, Mr. G, Mr. G, I saw you." Like just deadpan, like there's no like anything. And I was like, um, "Yeah, buddy, I'm here. You saw me, right? I'm here. Mr. G's in the house in the school." And he was like, "No, no, I saw you at Safeway the other day." And I was thinking, I don't go to the Safeway by the school. I go to the one in my neighborhood. You know, like all the way across town. That's that's Mr. G's Sunday afternoon. You know. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay, buddy, that that that's cool. And I played off. When you sometimes I would see a kid and they um like um. Hopefully, it's not like where I don't want them to see me, but like they would go like, oh, hi, Mr. G. And I'm like, oh, hey, buddy. And I don't know their names. And I had to look at the parent. I'm just like, I work for the school. Okay. Here's my ID. Okay. Because they're going to walk away with the kid. They're just like, who is that black man you were talking to? Who was he? You know? Um, so this kid was just getting really detailed. Uh, and b I just wanted to like go and play. I was like, go, go play, Ethan. That's great. Yeah. I was at Safeway. Mr. G needs his groceries, you know? And then he was just like, oh, you were in the frozen food section. That was aisle eight. You had a, you only had a shopping cart. You looked like you were by yourself. The only thing in your sho shopping cart was a frozen pizza. And I was like, okay, buddy, that's enough, all right? And then he was like, Mr. G, Mr. G, one more thing. Um, do you always cry in the parking lot before you drive away? And I was like, oh, okay, buddy. You don't know my problems, Ethan. Move along, you know? Um, uh, little secret. Um, I got high on nine on on nine eleven. Oh, sorry, not that nine eleven. The past nine eleven. We're on the same page, right? Okay. You ever got high and you go um and you go to the grocery store and like it's not a good idea. I you know usually I have food ready for me at home, but like uh I was really hungry and I wanted some taquitos, so I go and um. I was really, there's two brands. There's one with good quality taquitos. There's one with a lot of taquitos. So I took both and uh, went to the cashier. Thank you. Life choices. And um, went to the cashier and he rung up my stuff. And I was, um, I was, um, I was just like not really uh, looking at him. And then he was just like, all right, your change came out to be 9-11. And then right there, I stopped. My heart stopped. I look at the American flag right above his head. And I thought about the love I had for this country. And I walked away with my bags, and then um, he was like, sir, sir, don't forget. And before he said you changed, I was like, I will never forget. Okay? I'm an American. How dare you? Where's the manager? I want to talk to you. In, uh, in Portland, uh, we take uh, diversity workshops. Um, Sometimes for training. Well, yeah, that's true. There's a thing. Yeah, there's a whole center, Center e um, Equity, and uh, in Portland downtown. And uh, I had to do a diversity training for my job. And uh, just picture this: uh, all the facilitators at that place, they were all white. <laughs> it's, a it's a diversity training. 
This is how I do it too. Like, um, they thought it was a good idea. Every time we would have a break time, they would play Kendrick Lamar uh, <laughs> every time in between songs. I wish we could play it because you just see this like uptightness of just people settling down papers and pens while you just hear the lyrics of Kendrick Lamar and just just popping off the N word every single time. It was great. But um, my favorite thing was uh, my coworker uh, David was like, um, he was uh, really getting really emotional as he started realizing about like white privilege, and he lost it. He was like, "My God, I don't want this white privilege," you know. And he had like tears coming down his eyes, and uh, everyone like uh, was just like, "Oh, thank you." And then like everyone was like like com- comforting. I was like, "He doesn't want it." You know, I'm just like I'm puzzled. Why? And he's like just balling all on the table and everything. And like after the the workshop, um, I was just still puzzled. I was like, man, he does not want it. And I look at the puddle of tears that was on the table that where he was crying. Doesn't want it. So I dip my hand in it, and um, I'm just saying, oh, th- oh, this is good. You want to hear this? Uh, oh, give her a hug. Yeah. Um, I wiped it on my chest. Uh, his tears. Um thought um, that was a good idea because I went to the bank, you guys. Hey, I went to the bank. I didn't get that loan. Um, trying to get my mom that condo. I took a chance. You only live once. Okay. Oh, uh, one thing that's disappointing in Portland is um, uh, it's, it's really scary as a black man like walking down the street. But... Um, it seems like Portland really evolved from the Black Lives Matter signs, uh, because I was walking down the street and like this uh, this old white lady like she looked at me and I was like oh damn, and she's gonna cross the street, it's gonna happen, you know and I and I just kept walking but then she just like start walking at me like with a purpose right and I thought she was gonna pass me but she stopped right in front of me right she smiles bends down and tied my shoes huh. Yeah, right? She tied my shoes well over 65. Her name was Florence. She said she liked my shoes, and um, she, I was like, thank you. And then she was like, be careful in these streets. And I was like, okay, all right. She told me to stay strapped. Um, I got sh- long shoelaces. I got a triple knot then, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have that burrito. I'm Jaren George. Have a night. Bye. Turn to a million and we are rich. That's just how I feel. Give it up one more time for Jaren George. That was great. Bump that new before you get playing in the background right now. All right. We're going to move right along. Uh, your next comedian coming to the stage. It's a really funny person. Uh, everyone give it up for Molly Shero. Yeah, this is my third time on this stage this week. Um, and there's been the same amount of people in every room. This is great. <laughs> Sold out. Everyone's in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that. Um, <laughs> I just hang out getting burritos. Uh, I smoked too much weed before I came up. This is going to be great. Um, that's new in my life. Uh, I don't drink anymore. I had a drinking problem. Um, so now I don't do that. I just have regular problems. Um, 
weird since I quit drinking. Uh, I remember sex now. I don't know if you guys ever do that. Um, it's a new thing for me. Um, I used to wake up the next morning like maybe did something, maybe didn't, and now I'm like you did something. I remember it. Don't do it again. Um, I like that even in my joke, I wait a whole like eight hours later to stick up for myself. Um, <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Uh, what else? Um, just I, w I knew I had drinking problems. At one point, I had two homemade Jack Daniels lamps in my apartment. Someone's like, she likes Jack and she likes light. Let's put them together. <laughs> and now I just sit in the dark a lot and crush the coils on my forehead. Um, sad life. Um, no, it's great. I have a cat. I have a cat now. I don't it's a, it's one of those lives. I found the cat. She came right up to me, sat on my lap, and she's not ever since then come near me. Um, <laughs> I was like, you're my new thing. And she's like, I don't like you. I just used you for a home. Um, healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Um, she's cool. Um, it was weird because I was worried about moving. I moved in with this other girl as a cat, so I was worried about our cats getting along, so I'd have a cat date. Um, so I took my cat and put her in a carrier and drove her to another apartment. In that moment, I realized that's the whitest thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> like, they're cats, they're zoos, animals get along, they'll be fine. Um, I just have two cats that'll my body when I die, so that's cool. Um, my cat and her cat is appropriately named Chewy. <laughs> Go for the eyes, Chewy. That's what I always say to him every morning. Um... <laughs> I know I had to move out of my last apartment because um, I lived with a guy named Pasta. Um, I don't know if you guys, I don't even need to explain what he looks like. Just imagine a fat guy named Pasta and you pictured him. Um, I was like, do you have a real name? And he's like, yeah, it's just Pasta. And his mail came in as Pasta. I was like, all right, this is scary. Um, I'm a survivor. I'm still here. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it was weird. I, I got mad at him one time because he was watching porn. And I was like, dude, you're driving. Like, this is not... <laughs> Funny to me, <laughs> terrifying. And then he started FaceTiming while he was driving, which is like the traducan of texting and driving, if you guys didn't know. Um, and the other guy he was FaceTiming with was also driving. <laughs> like there was some sort of 90s walkie-talkie fantasies they were living out. Like, I can see you while you see me. We're on the 101 together. Um, I'm a survivor, though. Um, it's a bad. I woke up one morning to him just throwing away his underwear, and I was like, "Cool, you shit the bed." Like that's. <laughs> now I know why you have brown sheets. All this makes more sense to me. Um, he did. It was weird. Okay. Um, enough about pasta. Let's talk about my life. Um, I'm alone. Um, <laughs> surprise. Um, I asked out a coworker. Um, if you guys are thinking about asking out a coworker, don't fucking do it. Um. He said no, uh, and then I didn't time it right. Uh, we had to work together for about an hour and a half afterwards. <laughs> I was like, you can go, Tom. <laughs> like, I got this restaurant. Um, <laughs> the whole thing, all of it. Uh, it was weird. He said, no, I don't go out. That's what he said. He could have said anything. Like, no, we work together, Molly. That'd be fucking weird. Uh, he said, no, I don't go out. I'm like, mm, Tom, in your house. And I saw you at Disneyland last week. You're a fucking liar. Um, <laughs> jokes fine it's a happy ending you know <laughs> good ending I'm alone and Tom's still alone it's great um <laughs> about two people not getting together I just like when someone says flat out no to you because that just means like no you I know you enough I don't need to know you anymore and no I never want to see you naked like this is all of the no's um it's fine Tom still works there and I said why um I uh, also work at another restaurant with a girl named Natalie um she told me 
that my face looked too small for my body. Um, <laughs> like, no, it's because you're just a giant lady and your face is tiny. I'm like, oh, I'm not proportionate. Cool, thanks, Natalie. Pumpkin ass bitch. Um, I don't even know why I do this joke. I just really hate Natalie. I just want to talk about it sometimes. <laughs> Work in a restaurant, you guys know. It's terrible. It's just like the most sexually charged people in one area that never want to fuck each other. I think it's very frustrating. Um, don't fuck Tom. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I had another coworker recently. He was just like this giant guy came into my work. He was like 6'10", and I was just, I'm six foot, so I was like, I met my future husband. Bye, everyone. Um, but uh, my coworker ruined it by like saying like, oh, you don't have to you get on your knees to suck his dick, like just grossing it out. And I was like, dude, I'm six foot. I don't get on my fucking knees to suck dick, okay? I lay in the bed, put my arms out, pretend I'm flying. Um, and you ladies should try. It's much more entertaining for us. Um, <laughs> true story. Um, what else in life? Um, I, it's weird. It is weird being taller because people just have like this thing when I walk into a room, they always have to point it out to me. Like it's a fun game for me. Um, like I went to a Rite Aid and the guy in front of me was like, hey, I'll tell you. He was like, oh, I'm six foot. He's like, nah, I'm six foot. I'm like, it's cool, man. We can both be six foot. And he just started shouting. Like, she thinks she's taller than that. And the one guy's like, yeah, I think she's a lot taller. And I was just like, I'm just trying to forget that I'm at a Rite Aid, you know? <laughs> just it's turning into the worst carnival game. You want to punch me in the face and guess my weight after this? I don't know. Uh, so I go to CBS's now. The story about uh, redemption. Um, 23 and meh. Um, don't drink anymore. I guess most of my drinking stories for when I was 23. I, can, uh, I used to work at this deli, um, and this guy came up to me one time and asked me for a sandwich. And then you always have that moment where you try to f remember that person, like how you know them. And I realized I knew him because uh, he was a cop, and I used to work as a lifeguard, and we used to break into the pool at night. Um, and one night I decided to get really drunk and climb the fence and jump into the pool. And when I was walking up, there was just like a group of people, and I was just like, oh, you guys are partying, sorry. And then I realized they were cops, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I realized the cops were partying, and I was like, oh, this is crazy. They're like, no, you can stay. And I was like, no, it's cool, we'll just leave. So then they left, which is weird. Um, so it was just me and my drunk friend, and we climbed to the top of the wall. It's like an eight-foot wall, jumped in the pool, naked, swimming. And then an on-duty cop came in. And I was just like, I was like, oh, I get it, man. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm sorry. And I walked out, and I could just see his, like, flashlight following me because I was naked. And, um, but I realized, and then he just kind of was like, hey, man, you, you work here, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, that's cool. You can keep swimming. And then just left. Uh, I couldn't figure out why he knew I was, I was worked, I worked there. But then I realized I had a terrible one-piece uh, pin line. <laughs> just like I had vitiligo on half my body. Um <laughs> But then I realized later on when I'm like at work that it's the drunk cop, or I was the drunk and he was the cop, and I had to make him a sandwich. It's just not a, it's one of those moments where you're like, I should probably not be drunk all the time. <laughs> should probably sell my Jack Daniels lamps. Um, <laughs> I don't even have them anymore. No, that's a sad story. I'll do one happy one, let other people do this. Um, let's do a happy one. I feel like I'm always so sad on stage. Um, I'll end on this one. I, I get weird. Uh, my name's Molly. I get weird out when uh, a group of men are telling me they're going to do Molly tonight, and I'm the only <laughs> Molly in the room. It's like, uh, it's, is this going to be a gangbang or drugs? Which one is it? Never gangbang. Um, <laughs> I found that out. Uh, 
But it's weird because I like having the name, uh, like a drug name. Like I didn't think of my parents having a drug problem because my sister's real name is Mary Jane. That's her real fucking name. And my brother's name is Crack. So <laughs> my parents have a real bad problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll end on that. You guys have a great night. Enjoy the rest of the show, Molly Sharrow. Molly Sharrow, everybody. Clap it up. Hello, funny. I um worst breakup I ever got in in my life. I'm gonna tell you this quick story. Um, this girl Natalie she broke up with me on the night of this party. She got super fucking drunk, right? Super shit face. Ran outside of this party after throwing up all over the living room. Runs outside, takes a shit in the middle of the street. Mid shit, gets hit by a car. Yeah, she's okay. Like she's fine. But afterwards, she was like, Mike, we're breaking up. And I was like, what What made, What made? part of that night made you think about breaking up with me right then? Because like, that was more embarrassing than what happened to her, in my opinion. It's just like, I am now less than that moment, you know? But anyway, your next uh, comedian coming to stage. Thought I'd share that with you guys. <laughs> Very funny comedian. We have the same taste in shoes and... Um, I think soup. Everybody give it up for Ben Warren. I do love soup. Like a good gazpacho. Cold, yeah, is that okay? Cold soup? No. All right. Uh, my wife makes me put ice cubes in our kids' soup. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd be worried they're going to get burned. Because I don't pay attention to them when they're eating. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm a stay-at-home dad. All right, not that into that. Cool. Let's, uh, let's talk about fisting for a second. I run a show at a sex club uh, in Portland. Thank you. Yep. It's a... It's a, a BDSM club for people in the swinger lifestyle, yeah, which is awesome. I, I see, like, bucket list shit while I'm doing comedy, you guys. Like, you guys were talking about Pornhub. My show is like Pornhub, like, just, just going on in the back, you know? Somebody's getting fisted. Somebody's getting shocked in the taint. I don't even know. <laughs> the better we do, the more wild the sexual acts are afterwards. I wasn't even going to talk about this. I don't know why I did. I was, I was working the door at the swingers show, and uh, this this woman came up to me and she said, uh, "Hey, I just bought you know a ticket to the show. Got to know, is there re-entry?" And I was like, "Ma'am, it's practically required here." <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess I'll tell you guys a little story about a pivotal point in my life, you know, uh, when I was about 23. Uh, I used to live in a shack. Anybody here live in a shack? Yeah, some people have lived in a shack. Awesome. I, I love how enthusiastic people who don't live in a shack anymore are about their time. They lived in a shack. Uh, it, you might be like living in a shack if your rent is $60 a month, but you split it four ways. You know, like our, our, uh, oh, man, our utility bill doubled our rent. 
Uh, and that was just a fridge and a hot water heater during the months where we had water flowing into the house. Like, uh, it, our wood stove was meant for like a a three thousand or five thousand square foot warehouse. That's a warehouse. I don't know my square footage. Very. I'm a comedian, not a builder. Uh, but uh. A very big shop, and so you could not be in our house in the winter time and be wearing clothes, or you had to be wearing a lot of clothes. It was on or off, you know. So we're like, we're sitting around in our underwear, we're studying up in the shack. My buddy Matt comes back inside. He goes, "Guys, I don't want to alarm you. I went out into our driveway. This shack was on a 500-acre horse farm, so like we didn't get visitors." He goes. There is a strange van parked in our driveway. He goes, I went to see who was inside, and they ducked. And I knocked on the window, and a hand came up and locked the door. And we reacted, y'all. Again, it's never a good thing. It's like your landlord coming up to tell you he's going to leave five hound dogs staked out in your yard for the next six months or the cops coming to find your ganja crop that you've got going on in the back. You know, it's like it's never good. So we, we sprang into action, like put on shoes, grabbed shotguns, ran out onto the porch without any other clothes on. And there we were, the three of us, standing there on the porch, and I yelled, identify yourself. And my buddy Matt let off a big blast from his shotgun. And without... Even coming into view, the driver of that van peeled out of our driveway and left. Just all down like this, gravel flying. Anybody would have been pretty satisfied with that. But uh, we were drunk, so we got in the truck and chased after him. My buddy Matt was driving, and uh, I was sitting shotgun with the shotgun, and uh, Matt was, er, and Adam was sitting bitch, you know, because he didn't have a shotgun. I'm not saying you have to have a gun to be cool. I'm just saying, like, if you, you know, you can't sit in a win windowed seat where you got to have a shotgun sticking out, you know, if you don't have. Anyway, we chased him over the hills. There were sparks flying off of that minivan. <laughs> It was the most exciting car chase I've ever been on in my life, uh, y'all. Maybe it was the booze. But we <laughs> we cornered him in this driveway, and we we're like, okay, we got him now. We're going to figure this out. And we're like, let's get out and get him. And then we we're like, we don't have any clothes on. Maybe let's go home. We'll come back in the morning. We know where they live. So we went back home, rested up, came back the next day, no guns. But we went and knocked on the door. We said, hey, man, where's your van? What were you doing on our land last night? And the guy goes, I wasn't there, and I don't own a van. He said, but one pulled in my driveway last night. They refused to identify themselves, and I let off of my shotgun, chased them out of here. Like you do in Black Mountain, North Carolina, apparently. I don't know. Uh, oh. A week later, I was walking down the street. And I'm really sorry, guys. This is like a long walk with not a lot of stuff. I promised you jokes and I'm really letting you down here but uh, we'll get back into it I was walking down the street and a van comes up in my direction I didn't even think anything of it but all of a sudden the driver disappeared from view and it drove right past me real slow and then 
it came to the end of the dead end street I was walking down. And so I turned around, I walked down there, and I looked in the van, and there crouched down, y'all, was my future wife. That was too abrupt of a twist, wasn't it? Was this lady, the best damn duck down driver I had ever seen. (laughs) And we started dating, man. We got married. And uh, now I don't live in a shack anymore. That's all I'm saying. She, yeah, she pays for me to do comedy. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) It's just uh, like if you are going to be a dirtbag, just go hard in the paint, okay? And eventually maybe your girlfriend will do something and get you out of the shack. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you can do it. Um, mm. I worked in the ER for a long time. Uh, and being a stoner in the ER is good. It kind of like, uh, it, it brings a different perspective to things, you know? Like if you just have a bunch of sober people sitting around trying to figure out how to save a life, maybe a stoner might just interject. And be like, It's unorthodox and it sounds dumb. And I know I just make minimum wage here, but... Trust me, <laughs> we can save a life. I don't know. Oh, one time I actually saw a doctor uh, shock a conscious guy while I was high. <laughs> People are like, "Holy shit, man! How did you how did you know that happened?" And I didn't at the time. The guy fooled us all. To be honest, he was he must have been laying just extra still and looking kind of dead. Uh, but basically, the doc was like. Okay, I'm charging. Everybody clear. Get your hands off this dude, okay? He didn't say dude. That was just me over here being high. But it <laughs> And then he goes, clear. And the guy puts his hand up and he goes, don't shock me again. Which means he remembered when we shocked him. And that doctor killed that guy. And I saved him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, that was your alarm. Good. I was like, oh, man. Not my alarm. <laughs> I feel like I have uh, one of those, like, uh, if that guy can do it, I can do it body type. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Maybe. I'm working on it. I won 48 pounds last year. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I win. I'm trying to lose them, though, now. Not worried. Averaging heuristic here. That's good. Uh, mm, you know, one thing you got to be careful about in the ER is when somebody, uh, somebody sa- you know, like, there are always people training in the emergency room. How are you supposed to know as just a regular old person? Like, when I first learned how to sew people's faces up, you know, and people would be like, you good at this? You you gonna you gonna get me fixed up? And I'd be like, oh yeah, you wouldn't believe how many times I've done this before. Zero. <laughs> You're like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah, that's how we get good is practicing. I was in the ER one time uh, with my wife. We were I was in her her little like work lounge, and uh, I said, whoa, babe. I opened up the freezer. I was like, there is a lot of beef tongue in the freezer. This is not a taco stand. What's up with that? And she goes, uh, well, we use the beef tongue to practice repairing torn vaginal tissue. Like in a birth, you know? Because you don't want to 
practicing on actual torn vagina. And I stopped her and I was just like, are you saying that beef tongue feels like a vagina? And uh, she apologized to her coworkers and stormed out. And I grabbed a beef tongue and slipped it into the baby carrier. <laughs> carrier. But I had to bring it back a little bit later to have it repaired. Beef tongue, crazy. It's weird being being married to a doctor, man. My wife, uh, she says I don't dress nice enough for it. And that she, yeah, <laughs> that's it. She wants me to be a trophy husband, and I am. <laughs> I'm just this doesn't just happen overnight, okay? That's all I'm saying. Like you gotta, you gotta do it. It's good. Um, we've been together for 15 years, y'all. Thank you. Yeah. In a monotonous relationship. <laughs> the other day I shaved. Uh, the other day. It's been a little while now, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I shaved, and when I came out of the bathroom, she took one look at me, and she goes, well, I'm glad we fucked this morning. <laughs> that's hurt that's hurtful i i really I, I actually don't mind it i know that i'm better with a beard so i i don't shave anymore so good <laughs> pam was like dude you maybe need to do we need to talk you wanna pam looks like she wants to hug me right there <laughs> no i am in a good we're in a good place um she said we could start looking for sister wives yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, babe, sister wives. That would be so good. Let's do some sister wives. How about, can we have three more sister wives? She goes, three? She goes, how many women are you going to disappoint in your life? Ooh, babe, easy, easy. So seriously, what about, what do you need with three women? I said, we need somebody to stay home and watch the kids, a designated driver, and a drinking buddy. Right? Yeah, I'm going to get a, a secret vasectomy. We'll keep trying for Jesus. But, you know, <laughs> all I'm saying. Uh, and she stopped me, though. She was like, hey, listen, uh, fuck whoever you want. But uh, if you have fun with, a, with another woman, I'll kill you. Oh, I know. She's fiery. That's what I like about her. I do love it. I love it a lot. Um, let's see here. We've been doing a little bit of role playing lately. Uh, do a little role playing. Yeah, thanks. I know maybe this is a very vanilla crowd. Apparently, okay. Doing doing some role playing. We uh, kind of spice it up. We decided to start doing a a doctor scenario. Right. So I went into the bedroom, and I waited. About 10 minutes later, she poked her head in. She's like, uh, the doctor's running a little bit behind today. He'll be right in. You guys have been a really amazing and patient audience. Thanks for your time. Good morning, everybody. And that, and that is the show. Thank you all for coming to 23 in May. Uh, my name is Mike. And uh, yeah, have, have a good night. I have to pee really bad.
tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy, small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> and Bernie. Ten four Bernie. If this is topless and all of that community atmosphere, Asiento honestly better right now. Wednesday Bernie. Trivia all night. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday Latin. Special happy hour party tonight. Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They were very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and merch. Here to destroy your sense of normalcy ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF.
Sanders Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Benders brings you face melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside.
That's right, Van Halen, not Van Hagar, because this is Millennials versus Gen X, and we are Gen Xing the fuck out of this thing. Are there any Millennials here? That's amazing. Place is filled with Millennials because we're not giving away any participation trophies at this event. Surprised you guys showed up anyway. All right. So, hey, uh, before I get too started with things, speaking of Millennials versus Gen X, Luke Perry died. Yeah, Luke Perry died. For, I think he did too much 9021 blow. Yeah, boy. Speaking of blow, guys, we're about to go to war with uh, uh, Venezuela. So we're starting to amass troops in Colombia. Uh, so cocaine's going to get really expensive soon. So you might want to stock up or uh, buy, you know, I don't know. Stock up, that's the word of the wise. Anyway, we're here as far as I'm concerned as, as let me Jen explain this event here tonight to all you p people out there. As far as I'm concerned, this is a roast of fucking millennials. We're just gonna, we're just gonna dump all over you for like a whole hour. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I mean, why? It's, it's fun already, right? Just thinking about it is just the anticipation. It's precious. It's great. I love crapping on you guys. The future for you guys? Ha! Good luck. I mean, you guys are... You, we can't depend on you guys for shit, right? It's just so obvious. I mean... You're all deathly allergic to peanut butter and bread, for starters. I mean, when Armageddon comes, I'm just going to make a couple sandwiches and fight off all your hordes and survive to rebuild society in my image. Wait, for what? Yeah, I don't have to wait too much longer. I mean, now that they've discontinued antibacterial soap, you guys are due for a die-off once you touch dirt for the first time. The shock to your system be too much for you guys. I mean, how could you be allergic to bread? Bread is the thing that is, like, most closely associated with, like, civilization, right? I mean, before bread, we were in huts. Then we had bread, and now we have civilization. I mean, we can't trust you guys with bread. How can we trust you with civilization? Great line reasoning right there. Welcome to the collapse. I mean, you guys are so... I was recently... Speaking of dirt, I was recently reminded that my generation and all the generations before me, we used to eat dirt as kids, right? It gave, it gave us grit, right? But you idiots are eating Tide Pods. 
what the completely the other way. Now you're just too weak. Speaking of weak, you guys got the Momo challenge too? Not just the Tide Pod challenge, the Momo challenge. You guys know what that is? You challenge each other to commit suicide. And you do it like lemmings. You don't win the Momo challenge. You Darwin the Momo challenge. You even got this thing, the condom challenge. You guys know about this one where you're snorting condoms? They had a condom challenge when I was growing up. The challenge was to wear a condom. One thing after another, you get your stupid fucking diets. Stupid fucking paleo bullshit. Paleo, I'm so paleo. How come I'm not losing weight? I'm so paleo. Because you're not fucking paleo, that's why. You know what is paleo? Shivering. Shivering's paleo. It works your core. Gets those hard-to-reach muscles. That's why they were so ripped back in the paleo days. They were shivering all the time. Tried your stupid diets, your stupid kombucha. God damn, someone took turnt wine and skunk beer and mixed them together. That's what kombucha is. Now that I'm drinking it, I realize it's the slurry they use for fracking. Causing major climate change in my microbiomes, and I am producing methane. That's a science joke, in case you're wondering. So I got off of that shit, and I started eating kimchi instead. Holy shit, now that I'm eating kimchi, I gotta say, what the fuck is wrong with Koreans? How do you make cabbage worse? I eat that stuff, it makes me Kim Jong-il. Thing. Yeah, it's one thing after all with you guys. You're just too soft with everything. You're too soft with weed, too, man. 420, so played out. You can vape in the library now, guys. It's like smoking weed is not cool or hip or dangerous anymore. Nerds took over 57 kinds of different oil. Pathetic. Who here remembers 1987? The year America ran out of weed. You see, back then there was weed or no weed. Those were your options. Not like which club has the special on red Congolese and who's got the, it was how much sativa is in that. We used to be homo sapiens looking each other in the eye as we passed the joint around, right? We used to save the roaches and hoard them till Sunday because they were special. You guys don't do that shit. You just cartridge, 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 la, la, la. All a bunch of fucking homo sativas and homo indicas just sucking down on your individual wrapped vape pens. Evolving before my eyes. Walking headlong into traffic with your Pokemon. Go walk off a cliff. Nav apps. Nav app completely necessary now because you've lost your ability to find your friends in a park. Pathetic. You guys got it too easy with pussy, too, man. I'll tell you that. 
when I was growing up, that shit was the nom down there, man. You were in the jungle looking out for Charlie and shit. You didn't know which way was north. The orgasm was still a myth. The G-spot hadn't been invented yet. And the clitoris was like the Mayan city of gold swallowed up by the jungle. We didn't have the vagina monologues or Google Maps to help us out back then. We had to figure that shit out on our own. Now it's like fucking Iraq war down there, man. Nothing but scorched earth, right? Nothing between you and Baghdad. No mystery. Pathetic. Are there any millennials on the, the bill tonight? You're all millennials? So it's just me against all you guys. And I'm winning. But anyway, we didn't go over who was coming up first or second. But is, is there sort of an order on the, uh, we're all uh, comfortable with the order on Facebook. Cool. Which means Robert. Robert Pang is coming up first to defend his generation. Give it up for Robert Pang. Oh yeah, our generation's fucked. There's no, there's no defending it. Right? There's literally no defending this shit, right? Like I, I, I was lost today because my phone died. Like I don't know what, how the fuck I even got here. Like what the fuck? Like I tried to look at a, a real map. I'm just like, what is all these squiggly lines? Like just show me where to go. Seriously, what the fuck, right? Like my uh, like Asian millennial is even more fucked than like normal millennials, right? Like Asian millennials are just we've been through a lot. Right? Seriously, just look, just treat us better, okay? Because we've been through a lot. Seriously, like like white people have so much options. Like white kids have so much options, right? If they can, fu- if they fuck up school, they can like do trade school. They could like do music. They can maybe do stand up comedy, right? Like we're Asian millennials. Like, if we fuck up school, we're just fucked, right? It's either we go to engineering school or we die in the sweatshop somewhere. Like, there's no, there's no middle ground, right? Like, seriously, like, Asian millennial, we, like, if we don't get a good job, that means we can't get a good car, that means we can't get a good house, that means we don't fuck. Like, at all. Like, has anyone here not fucked? Give it up if you're not fucked. Only me? Seriously, god damn it. Seriously, like if you uh, if you're wondering like if you're a Gen X or if you're a millennial, just ask yourself this question, okay? What's more sexy, a 12-inch dick or a 12,000 square foot condo in downtown uh, San Francisco, right? It's just like seriously, like it, like for us, it's like we rather have the condo because a condo will solve all of our problems, right? Like just like even if like we can't get like, the good sex, like we can still jerk off to a waterfront view, which is much better than whatever the fuck we're doing. Just like, seriously, I need a house, right? Like, I fucked up my life. I know exactly when I fucked up. College, anyone went to college here? Anyone went to college here? We all went to college, right? Because we're the millennials, right? And we're so fucking dumb, right? Seriously, I, can, I know this one guy from college who can build any kind of bridge in the world, any kind of bridge. But you know what kind of bridge he can't build? The bridge of human connection. Like, that guy is never getting laid, right? Like, and the dumbest guy I know, the dumbest guy I know spent a thousand K to go to engineering school, graduated, can't find a job, and now is doing stand-up comedy on Mutiny Radio. Like, what the hell? What the hell is wrong with me? Like, seriously. 
like we can't we don't know how to talk to people like i'm so fucking lonely right now like seriously i'm so lonely like like i did the loneliest thing possible like last new year's eve i mean a new year's eve celebration i went to watch the fireworks in downtown alone right like that's the saddest thing ever like for the whole time when i was there when i was like waiting for the fireworks to start for two hours straight i just tried to pretend to try to find my friends right it's just like hey where are you man where are you yeah, Wang, Wang, are you here? Yeah, Wang, Wang, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking, uh, yeah, I'm at, the, I'm now at the waterfront. For the two hours when I was there, I was just walking around doing that. Because if I sat down, people would have been like, oh, look at this piece of shit. He's here watching the fireworks alone, right? It's just like, seriously, seriously, talking to people, I guess. How do, how do people do it, right? People, like, I don't know how to get a job at all, right? Like, it's all online job application now. Like, jo- online job applications are just fucking nightmares, right? I just, like... I see this one job post, like entry level position. Three years experience needed. Like three years experience. That's like a girl who's like, oh my God, I want to date a virgin. But you need to be an anal, have a sex dungeon, and three years experience. Like what the hell, man? Like by the way, if you know a girl like that, call me. I can build a great sex dungeon. There's so much duct tape at my house. I don't, I don't know what to do with it. Right, like I'm an engineer. Yeah, so th- it means like I am more socially awkward in talking to people. Like, people try to give me advice when I can't find a job. They're like, Robert, you can't find a job. You gotta network. You gotta go out there, and you gotta talk to people. Like, seriously, fuck you, okay? Whoever gave that advice, fuck you, right? I'm a millennial. I don't know how to talk to people. Like, when you are out out there drinking, partying, and having sex, I was at home studying math like a good boy. But no, you can't hire me because I'm socially awkward, but you can hire the douchebag who stole all my homework because he's cool. He knows how to talk to people. Like, look, I know I want to know how drinking works, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how fucking drinking works. Like, you drink, and some magic happens, and boom, you're pregnant. Like, what, what is this sorcery? Somebody teach me this shit, right? Like, crack, crack is amazing. Right? Like, I wish I was addicted to crack, okay? Because at least crack is so cool. Like, when you're sm- snorting crack, like people look up to you, like, whoa, that guy is smoking crack. You know what I'm addicted to? League of Legend. Like nobody is looking up to me because I sit in front of a dark room all day, sitting in front of a computer, just clicking a button. Like at least when you're addicted to crack, you're getting exercise, right? Like I look like I have no exercise at all. Like seriously, like like if I was on crack around me, I'll be like, <laughs> and then I'll be like, all this twitching is gonna make me lose weight. But like I don't do that. Like. God damn it! I was I was a cool I was a l- nerd kid. Uh, we're all nerd kids. All Asian kids are nerds. Just like God damn it! Like every Asian kid I talk to is just like engineering degrees. Like what are you gonna do with that engineering degree? I'm gonna work in a convenience store because fuck me, right? Seriously, seriously, like the fuck? Like we all have good degrees. Like what's what's your degree, sir? What's your degree? Okay, uh, what's your degree? <laughs> You deserve your fate. You also deserve your fate, right? But like, I have a fucking engineering degree. I'm still doing stand-up comedy. Like, I'm making literally like 15 bucks an hour, do and then like doing stand-up comedy on the side because I, because I don't know how to get a job at all. Like, seriously, like if you're wondering like what kind of engineer can't find a job, it depends on the engineering. Okay, like every other kind of, every other kind of engineer is a hero to society, but a mining engineer, that's a Captain Planet villain, right? It's like, just like Tony Stark can build killer robots all day. And kids look up to him. But when I want to build one coal mine, suddenly Chuck Norris appears and kicks me in the face. 
because nature, nature, oh my god, seriously. Millennials, could you just stop with this environmental shit? Like, I, I need a fucking job, okay? Listen, I, I said I said too much on stage. Like, I, I talked, I trash talk Ch China too much. Like, like, I can't go back to China now. If I go back to China, they'll be like, do you want to see the death camp? Because you are there all the time, right? Like, just, uh, like I am so fucked. Like, seriously, like, I, w I wish I was that kid back in the sweatshop, right? Like, I wish I didn't leave China in the first place. Because that kid back in the sweatshop, he is doing way better than me, right? He's like, he can make an iPhone in five seconds. Like, what could I do? Linear algebra. Give it up if you know what that is, right? <laughs> Give it up if you know what linear algebra is. What is linear algebra, sir? That's a problem. That's a problem right there, right? What am I supposed to do? Like, impress my employer with my ability to invert the matrices? Like, do you even know what that means, right? Like, there's nothing on my resume. Like, there's nothing on my resume except this, right? Because, like, I don't care what you people say, this is three years of s public speaking experience, right? Like, I'm not, like, do you know how hard it is for an Asian engineer to get a job in, in this economy? Like, do you know how many Asian engineers there are in the world? Like, every pile of resume, there's like, just a bunch of Wangs and Pangs and like, Laos, right? And then you see this Miller guy, it's like, oh, he's a white guy, I'm gonna hire him because he speaks English, like, right on. Like, look, look, I, I'm not even doing this for some bullshit dream. No, I'm doing this co to convince white people that I speak English, which I assume <laughs> I am speaking to you or you're just laughing to not seem racist. Right? Like, like, I really don't belong in the corporate world. Like, seriously, like, you know, I actually got an engineering job for like a month, right? You know how I got fired? How did I get fired? Yeah, sure, why not? Why? I wish I did that, fuck. <laughs> Dude, I, I got fired because I took a nap during a job orientation, right? Like, again, I can't even keep myself awake for one single fucking job or orientation, right? Like, it's just, like, I can't, I have narcolepsy. Like, I developed it when I used to go to church, church back in the day because all the sermons were so fucking boring. So I slept through every sermon. And then, like, when I went to university, I slept through every lecture because they were also as boring. And then, like, because of this, like, environmental effect of, like, every time someone boring talks, I just fall asleep. I fall asleep during a job orientation and I got fired immediately. Like seriously, I can't hold a fucking real job, right? Because we're all pieces of shit. Uh, I never had sex. I, ne I didn't even have sex, seriously. I never had sex. Like I, wa I think I'll be great at the sex though because I watch a lot of demonstration videos, right? Like I read all the articles on the subject, right? I know all about the sex, the anal sex, the vaginal sex, and the tentacle sex. Like, ladies, please, we have options, right? I would admit, like, our porn is way better than the Gen X porn. Like, he was probably masturbating to, like, some Playboy magazine. Like, we, like, I masturbated to a Playboy magazine once, and it was really boring. I was just like, there's so many articles and one picture. It's like, what the fuck is the point of this shit? Like, like we, are, we masturbate to some really deep shit. Like, I don't even masturbate to normal porn now. Like, what I masturbate to is, like, a combination of weirdo hentais and, like, weirdo ASMR where this, this girl just talks dirty to me and I just jerk off to that. It's, it's kind of weird, right? Like, it's not that weird at all. Like, it's not that weird. Like, uh, the next generation is gonna figure out even weirder porn. Like they're just they're just gonna you'll masturbate to a screen. Like I have this robotic sex doll that's in my closet all the time. That's what I'm masturbating to. And the the Chinese will make that robotic sex doll so like a better.
buy iPhones or else we're gonna that's not gonna happen, right? So I I, I have a flash a flashlight, obviously I have a flashlight, right? Yeah, because I'm a millennial, I never had sex. Obviously I have a flashlight, right? But like don't get a flashlight, it's such a waste of money, right? Like it's sixty bucks for the flashlight, but like what they don't tell you is you gotta keep buying lube or else your dick is gonna fuck up, right? So like you gotta keep buying lube, which is like fifteen bucks a month. So like a 